Hey folks, Happy New Year. It's me, Ben Blacker, the creator and host of the Writers Panel. Thanks for coming back and listening. Uh, we've got a great bunch of episodes coming up for you in the next few months. Um, I hope you've been watching movies. I have. Movies are great. Uh, so I have a bunch of movie writers, uh, as well as a bunch of writers of television shows that you know and love. Um, all really good interviews. So definitely check them out. Also, as long as you're checking things out, head over to benblacker.substack.com. Um, you all supporting this podcast through the Substack is the only way that the podcast keeps going. Um, it is quite a bit of work. I still love doing it, um, but I love even more that you are getting something out of it. I, too, get something out of it every time. Every conversation, I really learn something new or I'm reminded of something that I've forgotten about the process of working, uh, or I'm just inspired to go and do some more work. I'm optimistic about this year. I'm excited to get a lot of work done. And some of that, you know, is fueled by and inspired by these conversations that I have, not just with um, working writers, but also over on the newsletter with you folks. So go to benblacker.substack.com, become a paid subscriber um, to support the podcast and the newsletter, and also to join us at our monthly live Zoom Q&As in which you ask the questions of professional writers. Um, we've got a bunch of great ones up on the website already available only to paid subscribers. Uh, Mark Guggenheim was our most recent episode, but we've got them all the way back to 2022 with um, Jane Espenson and uh, Kayla Cooper, so many great folks. So go over to benblacker.substack.com, check it out. Meantime, here's my conversation with... Sammy Birch, uh, who is the writer of May, December. She's also the writer of the Warner Brothers, or I guess not Warner Brothers movie, Coyote versus Acme, which uh, David Zaslav made disappear. Uh, and we talk a little bit about that as well. But it's a really great conversation. Sammy was terrific. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight. Whenever the time is right, it's the writer's panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Uh, Sammy, thank you for being here. Right now, the folks know your name from May, December. Um, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but like, what else is coming? Like, this is a huge breakthrough. This is your first uh, uh, produced screenplay. Have you gotten a million opportunities after this? Well, um, I I did get hired around the same time as the like they were kind of running concurrent concurrently for a while. Um, I wrote the Wiley Coyote movie for Warner Brothers Coyote versus Acme, so hopefully that's coming. Um, but <laughs> at this moment in time, we don't know. Um, and and after that, I'm I don't know what's next. I I have two specs. Um, that I wrote or, or like about this time last year um, and early this year that are um, set up one with, with killer films. Who's one of the producers on May December and, and the other with Gloria Sanchez, who's another producer in May December. So I'm happy to be kind of keeping it in the family. And, um, and after that, I'm kind of trying to be thoughtful. I have, I have one project that I owe my friend work. <laughs> <laughs> nothing official 
I haven't been assigned. I haven't like, you know, gotten hired on anything yet. So hopefully soon. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, I mean, it's a really, it's a weird position, right? Like where you suddenly, and we'll, we'll talk about sort of your, your secret origin in a minute, but like, this is the thing you've wanted, you know, you've been working at it for some time. And if, am I right that like you, you sold May, December three or four years ago? Well, I, I wrote it then and there were certain, in, with independent film, at least in this case, no money exchanged hands until they were physically on the ground and, and we didn't ha- have an option deal. So a lot of the pieces were suspended in, you know, hope <laughs> and, um, but it was, it was uh, March of 2020, right before everything happened and shut down is when the first producers came on board, which were Jessica Elbaum and Will Ferrell. And then, and then there was a very kind of interesting domino effect that took place, you know, over, I guess, two years. And then um, they filmed this or not. Yeah. Yeah. They filmed in fall of, of 2022 last year. So that was when it technically sold. <laughs> that it, That's just what like features are just wild to me. And I'm only just getting into the feature world and like the, that everything takes so long sort of means you do have to have these multiple things going as best you can. Oh, I was so lucky to get hired on the Wiley Coyote movie because that was oh, two and a half years of, there were many steps in that, um process and that's what got me in the wga and and health insurance you know and and, i mean it was very very lucky to have both and it's been so interesting the path um of both of these movies kind of you know because they couldn't be more different obviously (laughs) in their um content but then one being a studio one being independent like you know it's just there's the differences have been, it's been funny, honestly, going back and forth. Let's, let's back up. Cause I think maybe we can use these to illustrate this idea. So, so um, you wrote May, December on spec. Um, what was your writing background before that? What kinds of stuff were you writing um, on your own? Um, well, my, I went to college for screenwriting. I went to NYU in dramatic writing. Um, and I was, I mean, I was writing kind of stuff like, you know, d- very darkly that I think probably fell more into dark comedy, um, sort of finding my way in, in that as far as darkly comedic things that are humane, that have a certain, um, you know, empathy or something to you know, they don't feel cruel, I think. Um, I hope. And um, so I was, you know, I write, wrote several scripts in college and then I um, wrote, I don't know, a lot more (laughs) after that, Um, just sort of spec after spec, just, you know, hoping that one of those would get me an, an agent. So let me, let me stop you there. Cause I think this is the position that so many of the listeners are in. You're writing spec after spec, which is great, right? This is the thing that we're told. The number one piece of advice we're always told is like, just write, get your reps in, learn the craft, write stuff that you love. Um, What were you doing to make a living during that time? I was 
Well, at first it was temping. And then I started basically, I grew up in a casting office. My mom is a casting director. Um, and she moved out of LA, I don't know, 15 years ago and has been doing local casting in North Carolina and then Georgia. And so I was, there was a time where I was working as her assistant when she lost her assistant. And it was like, can you get down here? <laughs> you know, one of those things. And I'm like temping at a hospital. Like, yeah, I can't. This sucks. <laughs> and so I would go down to North Carolina. It was actually very gray gardens. The dynamic, you know, it was like 24 hours a day. My mom's really a character. And, you know, we, I worked on uh, all four of the Hunger Games films and like, well, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to talk shit, but like some weird independent, some good, some weird. Um, Iron Man 3, that was really memorable because they wouldn't let us send out material. So everyone had, we had to fly to different cities. We got to fly to New York and audition all these great comedians. That was very fun. Um, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work and you're very low on the totem pole. And, um, but it was really lucky, obviously, because what, what I was able to do was then, okay. And then I'd go back to New York and I'd have a month, you know, where I could write. And then that, and then that repeated where, because of those credits, you know, there's this whole industry of movies that are made for basically nothing and no one budgets for casting. They they think anyone can do it. And so um, I did, I cast, I should count, I don't know, maybe eight, maybe less, something like that, independent features. I got to do one great pilot for my friend um, who's a comedian named Kate Berlant. Um, the pilot didn't get picked up, but it was very funny. And um, and it was similar. It was like gig work, you know, where, okay, I'd be on something for three months, you know, for a flat. Um, and then uh, and then I would, you know, go, go and write. I have, I mean, I'm really so impressed with, with people that have the stamina to go to a nine to five job and then come home and write. I, I need like clean time. And I've been really too, even right now doing that. Like I, you know, I'm putting everything off until there's some time. So what is, what is your, given your druthers, what is your process like when you have that clean time? I like to outline um, pretty simply. Oh yeah. Let, yeah. Let me stop even that. Like let's, let's break it way down. What does the outlining process look like for you? Are you writing on a whiteboard? Are you writing on note cards? Are you just writing in notebooks? What's it look like? Well, normally there will be a process of like taking random notes, whether it's little dialogue bits or just ideas. And then at a certain point, I'll put them all on cards. I mean, for, for this one, I outlined it with my now husband, Alex mechanic. Um, so there were, we, there were two different notebooks and then we came together and, and made note cards, but that's been my process with, with all of these things and things since. Um, and then I'll, sometimes I'll put them on the wall. I mean, I still wish I had a really big wall. I mean, what a, what if you are out there and you have a very long wall, that's what, what a luxury. Right, um, that's the writer's dream. Yeah, <laughs> Just a big wall. With like cork, you know, <laughs> if you could put that on a whole wall, that'd be wonderful. But so um, my outlines, I like, they're pretty sparse, you know, they're just, um, 
like Elizabeth goes with Gracie and her daughter to pick out graduation dresses, period. So it's not, it's really about like the action of the scene and not so much about all the stuff underneath it. That's really interesting. Exactly. For the most part, sometimes there'll be maybe just a bit of dialogue that's already been thought of or, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it is just the skeleton. And then I like to make character biographies for, uh, I did that even for, for the, like, you know, the Looney Tunes, um, but just, you know, a bit, yeah, why not? It's good to just, for, for me, it feels really clarifying, um, especially with original characters, their, their history. Um, it can be as small as a paragraph or, or like one or two pages, but I also feel like kind of voice does seem to rise to the surface, even though it's, it's not in their voice. It's, there's something that's helpful for me. Um, and then from there, I, I like, I'm kind of, I like to write fast. I like to track the pages, my, my, um, speed. I don't know that (laughs) it sounds very strange to do, but I, it has been so valuable to me. I don't remember when I started doing it, but now if I ever am feeling stuck or dread, which I feel a lot of dread, um, of course, resistance. I'm I'm a big um I'm forgetting the name of the author, but the the war the war of art, that book. It's a fantastic, um I feel horrible that I'm forgetting his name. And can you cut out that I forgot it? Okay. <laughs> but that's a that's a great slender little book. I've read that a bunch of times. Um, about writing, about how hard it is. Um but what I like, I have an Excel spreadsheet and each day I go in there, um, I have the day broken up by like 15 minutes for, for 24 hours of the day. Cause sometimes I'm, I write in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, um, but so then when I hit page five, I put it and then, okay, six. And the, so then what it, what it allows me to do is look back and go, oh, well, I wrote 10 pages in that amount of time couple days ago so this should be easy you know like there's something self uh perpetuating about about it um but yeah I I like to write chronologically um a lot of you know I mean a lot of it's a little hard to totally describe but I do feel like the best the best moments of writing are when you're kind of in that zone in that space um but there is a lot of um of course resistance and dread and oh I gotta go in there oh I gotta do that thing but I'm very I'm very deadline oriented so I'm not the kind of writer that um wakes up and writes five pages every day no matter what or we know that whatever that ideal is um I'm more like you know for for 10 years it was well I need I've set this deadline of January 1st. So I need to have it done by then. But um, now, thankfully, there are some other people (laughs) keeping me accountable. Um, But I, you know, I'm working on that in my own work, but I I do feel like I need certain amount of um, that momentum 
I'm getting a little bit better, but I used to be like a last minute person. But, well, and it, that's easy to do when you're setting your own deadlines, right? Like, and so much of life gets in the way, but like, good for you that you found these sort of workarounds for, for the resistance and for setting your own deadlines and, you know, all that stuff. It's interesting to hear you talk about these character bios that you do, uh, because watching May, December, I, I, I loved how information was doled out. You know, we never got a big info dump about these characters. We got aspects of their life, their lives that was revealed in moments and conversations. When it came time for rewrites, I assume there were, you know, rewrites as there always are. um, Was that part of the conversation about, you know, how to dole out information about these characters? I don't, I think, I mean, that was sort of definitely part of, even from the first draft that was, that was part of the language of it. Um, I think one thing that definitely um, was such a lesson was with one of Todd's notes were to be really thoughtful about access because initially there were, it was mostly Elizabeth and then there are scenes with Joe, but there were a couple of scenes with Gracie without the two of them. And so we just took those out. It was, it became, the only time we see Gracie alone is, is in the woods at the very end. Um, and there, I don't think there were that many, I think she did a cake delivery, you know, there were just, but it, it that was really interesting um, because thematically, you know, of course, everything's orbiting around Gracie and trying to understand her, even her husband and and certainly us and Elizabeth and me as the writer and everything. So it, it made sense that we weren't ga- given access to her private moments. Um, but as far as the information, I mean, I think that's part of what's, oh, I've been really playing with this. It's okay. okay. <laughs> that's part of, um, I think probably what's helpful to me about the biographies is by the time I sit down and write, I've thought about this a lot and I've and I feel I know these characters a lot and their voices. And obviously there's something magic about, you know, especially in dialogue, you this sounds maybe very silly, but I do feel like there is that element where you kind of learn as you're writing, you know, things come out that are subconscious. You sort of feel like you learn about these characters from their own words. To a certain extent, I think also there's just it's natural for information to be parsed out that way. Oh, absolutely. It always feels unnatural when it's like top loaded. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, if you're dropped into a situation, you know, you are you are um picking up clues as you land. And I think with this in particular, it felt like the kind of story that you know, because we're 20 years after this thing, we're not staring directly at it because we're entering in with this doppelganger, you know, who's now the same age as, as Joe. It's like, it's like a mirror is shattered everywhere on the floor and, and 20 years ago, and you're just trying to piece it together. And every little shred has a different bit of information and a different point of view. Um, so it definitely felt natural with this. 
What was the notes process like for you? Uh, how are you at receiving notes? <laughs> and uh, what were the conversations like? I mean, I'm very good at receiving good notes. <laughs> no, I've been really lucky with this. This project has no one involved that do- that isn't really smart and thoughtful. I mean, that's and that is such a luxury. I mean, I can't even. It's 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 a gift, but. Uh, it's the first round was was Jessica Elbaum and and Will Farrell's notes, and those were very shrewd, very very good. Um, some big things came of that, and then um, once Todd Todd and Natalie, I got um, I met them both at the same time on a Zoom in January of twenty twenty one, and. Um, they we talked for a few hours i wrote down a million things and um you know getting notes from todd haynes is <laughs> it's a gift it's really he is so thoughtful they range in so many ways of what they are some of them are really they do feel trusting and living living up to interpretation one of my favorite notes that he had at that first conversation was in talking about Georgie, the character that Corey Michael Smith plays, he's so electric. Um, the first, his, you know, the son from her, from Grace's previous marriage, he only existed in that first scene initially in the crab shack. And um, Todd's note was, you know, he's really the most dangerous character in this world, you know, because he's really raw. And, you know, so I had that on a note card. And it was like, okay, how should I interpret this? And so that's where the second scene came from, where they're, you know, that that always existed, where they had that um, uh, restaurant kind of meeting, awkward meeting. And then um, I'm, I wrote the scene where him and, and Elizabeth outside smoking, um, which now feels completely essential to the whole idea is this, this thing he tells her about Gracie's childhood that, that then later is called into question um, and kind of implicates Elizabeth and the audience and, you know, all of that. And that, and that's, you know, obviously they're not, not all of Todd's notes are like puzzles in that way, or, or, you know, you know, some are are definitely, uh, they, they run the gamut, but um, he's such a thoughtful artist um, and someone that I have respected my whole life. I mean, my whole watching movies life, honestly. So it's, um, it's a dream come true. And Natalie as well. She's a producer on the movie. She had such, such interesting notes, Julianne, once she came, but it basically, if the process was, um, there was the, the first draft is what got to Jessica. The second draft I turned into Jessica and Will that went to Natalie Portman um I turned in I guess I think you would technically call these polishes at this point but I turned in two of those with with Todd and Natalie's notes in the spring of 2021 um and then from there it was kind of you know he sent it to Julianne Moore amazing honestly (laughs) mind-blowing I'm you know all of these things have been mind-blowing and um then 
it, then it was kind of okay. The, the major players are in place. The, the producers are in place, Todd, Natalie, Julianne. And now it's just, when is, you know, when is the schedule going to align for these people? And so the script kind of stayed put at a certain place for about a year until that opened up and they decide on Savannah. That was, that was a pass I did because it initially was set somewhere else. But luckily I, I went to college for a year in Savannah at the art school. So I, that was just a coincidence. I was able to do like a Savannah pass and, um, and then there were just practical things like fun. You know, I'd get an email about, Oh, we, we want to play baby. I love your way. We want that to be the amount of time for the scene with the lawyer, like, can we match, you know, so it was literally <laughs> listening to the song and, you know, trying to shorten it and, um, and just, and things as they would, they would come up, you know, was a very organic, cool process. And one that I was so, um, I was so ready with someone like Todd, I would have I'd just been like, here you go. See you at the premiere. You know, I mean, you never know um, what, you know, when, when, when's time to kind of turn it over, but it really didn't happen that way. I mean, he's, he just has, um, you know, he's just in, in control of, of all the instruments and they're, you know, and everyone's kind of in unison and, and, um, I was so honored to be included in it from, you know, the whole time. Well, it sounds like, you know, like any really great director, he he trusts everyone to do their jobs and, you know, is going to help you get, do the best at your job that you can. Are there, were there notes uh, from the producers, from the director, from the actors that are the sort of thing that you'll be able to keep in mind moving forward, things you'll be able to apply to future projects? Absolutely. I mean, I've learned so much just watching Todd and, and, and just the, it's so exciting to watch the way he's, you know, there's such a boldness and a confidence and a thoughtfulness to everything he does. Um, one of my favorite things he said, and I have talked about this, but in, in that first round of notes was something like add more fog. And I think, especially in this sort of story um i think and in regards to joe's character the most my i think i some of the earlier drafts there was too much articulation there was too much um understanding um and so there was there was an interesting kind of subtraction that got to happen um that i think is so effective because ultimately what it does is put that onto the audience. And I think so much of this movie is, um, well, it's obviously very uncomfortable, but it's, it's, it makes you crave honesty because no one's saying anything honest for the most part. And when you hear something honest, there's such a relief. Um, and I think that is, a lot of that is sort of the fog, you know, I think it's just that the tension between what's being said and what we feel um, is definitely something I will continue to to take with me. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that. That's really neat. Um, okay. I want to just talk about a couple of practical things and then we'll, we'll give you your day back. Um, 
how did this, so, so you were, you know, you were hammering away at scripts for a decade, working uh, in casting, getting these, you know, a month here and there where you could work on stuff. How did this script get into the, get to the right people at the right time? Uh, what was your experience before that with other scripts? And then how was this the one? Yeah. I mean, I am not someone that ever, and maybe this was very stupid, but I never tried to cold email or like, I never did that. Um, there was a period where I was like hip pocketed by a, an agent um, because you know, it was, it was like, oh, I think it was, oh, I'm looking for women was the thing, which is, you know, whatever. But so, but that came really to, of nothing. I had one um, tryout to be in a room of a, of a TV show and I was so not ready. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. Not, you know, it was like one of those, like, okay, we're all just talking about relationships. I was like, what? So that, that was years before, um, and that really didn't land anywhere. And there, you know, it's like there always starts and stops. You know, my husband and I made shorts, you know, we went to slam dance and then that would, you know, it's like, you know, it's always feels like, you know, you don't know what's, what's going to lead anywhere with, with this. Um, I was very lucky. Basically I had also written, did I, I might've mentioned this, um, a script, with and for one of my old friends who's a comedian named Kate Berlant. And um, she has a team of people. So that went to different, we had different meetings with production companies about that. That felt like the thing that might get made, but it was, um, and then we got beautiful, really great producers on that movie, but it was, there were horses in the movie, to be frank. And then that's not, that adds to the budget. <laughs> um, and we were, you know, trying to make it this really small independent as a vehicle for, for Kate. And um, well, two things, Kate's manager said, I'll, I wrote, you know, May, December after that. And he said, send me your, you know, Oh, he heard about it. He was like, I'll send this to 10 managers. And he sent me a list of these 10 managers and it was like, he sent it to them and was like, I think this is a great script, whatever. And no one wanted to meet with me, not one. And I was so, that was the darkest point really of all these years, because I thought not one, you know, and I had, I, all I wanted was one meeting with, with these managers. Um, And I do think that that, and I know it from casting too. I think that proves how important the packet, the present is wrapped more than what's inside, because I think to those managers, they're thinking, well, why wouldn't he sign her? This is so good, you know? Um, and, and yeah, not a bite. <laughs> but then what ended up happening was Kate's ex-boyfriend's friend, literally. I mean, that, that's that silly. But he's a wonderful producer named Alex Plappinger. He works a lot in animation. And he had read the horse script and we got a coffee and was like, what else do you have? And I said, you know, I told him about this. This has been maybe six or seven months after I wrote it. No one had read it. No one, no one cared at all. And um, I sent it to him and he really like loved it and, and sent me a really nice email and was like, can I um, introduce you to some people? Cause he's just a warm guy. And I said, yes. And so he set up, 
two coffees for me in January of 2020. And one was my current managers. And one um, was Dave Green, who directed Coyote versus Acme. And that was just supposed to be a general, you know, I was at, I was not thinking I was ever going to get hired on a studio, kids, <laughs> Wiley Coyote. I got hired on this script. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And it really had to do with um, Dave Green being so wonderful and and really, you know, it was just that right timing where there were all these people pitching and kind of ended up in the race. And I, I think he he really got this script and just, you know, wanted certain things in in this movie. So it was, you know, it was very supportive, but it was it was as random as that. I mean, I think that's really what what I always think is. And of course, I've been, you know, very lucky. I also grew up in this city and I and that I think alone has prepared me for the amount of failure <laughs> that really I mean, that's the that's the game, I think, is just the stamina of, you know, you work really hard on something, you think it's great and and well, it turns out it's practice and it, you'll know you're never going to think about it again. And people are, you know, you, oh, hopeful. Oh, nope, wasn't that, you know, I mean, there is uh, that's that's the L.A. that I grew up in, you know, the, for the most part are, are actors that made a living for decades with day player parts and you know and ev- and everyone's just hoping 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 for that that big thing um and i think that that's the hardest part is to uh to nurture and protect your confidence the, your voice you know writing for that's one thing i was never guilty of but i think is helpful for for young writers or or new writers or any writers is like you know for me, I was never writing for anyone else. Like I was never writing like, oh, would this sell or will this be, you know, you know, is this commercial or what? what's hot right now? I, I think that's a fool's errand because it changes so fast and you can't even tell what's two years already down the line, you know. Um, but I think, that, yeah, the endurance of failure, <laughs> honestly, is the most important muscle you can build in this town. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. So it it's funny to me that, you know, when when Kate's ex-boyfriend's friend said exactly what else do you have? And you presumably had a bunch of scripts that you had written before the script of Kate, but May December is the one that you handed him. That was the one I had that was my most recent one. So it made sense. And it was, it did feel, um, you know, the if I were tracking the years in which I wrote things, um, I do feel there was a graduation, or there was a, a culmination in this one that were things I had been working out years before, um, not the same story or, or characters or anything like that, but just, you know, I did feel um I did feel like this was a that was my hope that at this point I thought because it wasn't with Kate, you know, that that was um that was both her names and um 
you can't stand next to Katie and look funny at all, obviously, <laughs> you know, which I've been doing. We, we, we've been friends since we were really little. Um, so it was, it, I knew that this, this felt like the thing that's, that was my hope was that this would, um, that the in piggybacking off of, okay, some people had read this Kate script and now they could maybe read this one and know that, you know, there's different, um, sort of range there. Um, and that was, that was my hope definitely was to get signed. <laughs> it, it clearly worked. I mean, this was a, a magic script for you in a lot of ways. Like it took all those years of working on other stuff to get to something like this. So now, you know, I started by asking you looking forward, how do you, how do you start to form what you have to think of now as your career? Yeah. Right. About the kinds of material you want to write, saying yes or no to opportunities, stuff like that. I mean, right now I'm still at the point where it's easier to say no because I'm not getting offers that are just me. I'm getting offers to compete in small groups. <laughs> and that takes a lot of energy. Um, I'm trying to be very thoughtful. I think if if growing up in the city has taught me anything else besides failure, it's also that you have to be um thoughtful that this that if you just go with the flow you might end up you know any way no telling you know that that people are going to want to give you the things that you've already just done um or pigeonhole you into you know because of whatever factor um and so I, that's the thing I mean, honestly, I really, uh, I'm just trying to not jump, not be panicked, not feel like a snake that hasn't eaten or whatever, you know, like I have to, um, this is going to sound so silly, but I, I always think about the, the slogan of the apple pan on Pico. Do you know that hamburger restaurant? It says quality forever. (laughs) I always try to think that's a good slogan, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so what, whatever, whatever comes, you know, by, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, just thoughtful to, to, for things that maybe are too shiny or something like that, you know, to go with my, my gut instinct. It sounds like you have a good perspective on it. Um, and if all else fails, you know, Go get a burger and think about it. Exactly. The hickory burger and the chocolate cream pie. Uh, before, I haven't been there in years. Like, I haven't crossed Vermont in years, obviously. So, oh. <laughs> like, you should. Since, it's exactly the same. Why would I bother? <laughs> <laughs> They've got a great back area now with picnic tables. <laughs> Good it's really cute. Yeah. Um, before we wrap <laughs> up, uh, let's talk about Coyote versus Acme for one second. Um, it sounds like the writing experience was a good one. It, it was it was very interesting. I mean, I I can't say enough good things about Dave Green, who directed it, and and um, Christofaria, who's the producer, and just the experience of getting to hold the the candle, you know, or whatever the torch along of of some of these classic characters was really an honor and um and it's just a it's wild to see a big movie get made you know i mean when you think of because there's a lot of practical effects it's 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 a hybrid like who framed roger rabbit where there's 
you know, they're out, (laughs) they're out in the desert in Albuquerque, like crunching cars when nothing falls on it. And then they have to animate, (laughs) you know, that kind of process is really impressive. Um, And, and yeah, I think we're all proud of the movie and, and very surprised. Um, And, and I hope it, it, it resolves in a positive way where people get to see it. But I, I was very heartened by the response of not only of people like on Twitter being so angry, um, but also, you know, filmmakers who were like canceling meetings and stuff, you know, it's felt it, I was so surprised really. Cause I, it was, it's been so out in the you know, it's like this Wiley Coyote movie. <laughs> No, it's very it's the spirit of Wiley Coyote is sort of baked into the whole thing of you know kind of out out on his own in the cave well and unkillable apparently <laughs> unkillable yeah no the I is so funny the irony of just like him you know meticulously planning and I'm gonna do this you know that really felt that big time <laughs> that's really funny yeah and let me let me ask again before we wrap up. Um, so, like, May December is getting these great reviews, and and it's a really good movie, and like, it's gonna getting a lot of awards attention. What is this like month like for you? It's been crazy. I mean, it started really the day after the strike ended. It was because we opened New York Film Festival, and it ended right in time. So it was like get on a plane. And basically since September 29th, I've been on a road show. <laughs> I mean, I've been traveling so much. I've been um, talking to a lot of people. I've been, I was someone that was very, I still haven't gotten COVID. I'm really, I'm knocking on what I can continue it, but I was, you know, very safe, asthmatic during the last couple of years. And now I'm just like, well, here we go. I can't do anything about it. But um, it's been really, really wild and interesting. And, um, and a lot. I mean, I think for writers, especially, um, our, our, my temperament, at least is not, um, is not totally aligned with the press ultimately. But um, it's still been fun. And I and the response to the movie has been wonderful. And also the, the people that are on this roadshow with me. I mean, it's, I, I, I keep thinking about how horrible it would be to, you know, have to be a big star, like Scarlett Johansson or whatever, and have to go on these, if you hate all your co-stars, not, you know what I mean? Because they're assholes. Like, and that's not specific to any movie. I'm not, I just, I just mean like, because you have to, there's so much close time and what, what a, what a hell that would be. This has just been so fun. I feel like I'm on, I feel like we're all like, you know, a, a rock band ultimately where you're like, where are we, you know, <laughs> and um, getting to hear also Todd and Julianne and Natalie and Christina Sean and Charles, everybody get, getting to hear them talk about the movie and their thoughts and their process is, is such a gift. So cool. That's really fun. Um, I'm glad you're having this experience. Uh, you may not feel suited to it, but you're doing a great job. This was <laughs> this you. was really fun. Um, we'll end as we always do. 
by asking what you are watching these days. What's getting you excited or inspired? What are you watching on these plane trips and in hotel rooms? Well, okay, I just started Fargo, the new season, and I'm I love all of the previous seasons and I also really love Dave Foley, so I felt like this was this is for me. This is my, this is a a softball. Um I'm very excited for that. I what movies have I been watching on planes? Random movies. Ultimately. that's how you watch movies on planes yeah. is like what is what can i put on right now yeah or like i'll download ones on my phone i saw i just watched nanochka i'd never seen that um i recently saw breaking away that was a great movie with um dennis quaid ultimately and <laughs> so i saw it for the first time recently too uh and he's so good in it yeah that's a great movie yeah, and, and Jackie Earl Haley, who I love. Um, I'm trying to think what other TV has been recently. It feels like there's been a bit of a pause. But, uh, I mean, I love Succession and White Lotus. Um, I feel like I'm, oh, I can't wait to watch The Crown. Nice. That's something I'm waiting <laughs> sure. for clean time to watch. <laughs> the That's, Crown, I answers. love The Crown. Uh, yeah, give yourself a, war, uh, a reward after a day of working. <laughs> you can watch The Crown. <laughs> Um, Sammy, congrats on all of the success of May, December. I am excited to see what you do next. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. Thank you so much. So nice to meet you. you.